Yeah. Oh man, what's gonna happen if I ever hit puberty? Well, we're gonna be in real big trouble. We have to buy a new board. I, that only happens if you eat your your peas and your broccoli. That's right. You <laughs> eat my broccoli patties. I got some that Jordan hasn't eaten upstairs. So, although I don't want you to change, so now I'm I'm conflicted. I mean, I'll, I'll I want you to be the best Sean you can be, but at the same time, I've set the levels, and they I'll, are I'll, set I'll in eat, stone. I'll eat the patty fritter, the patty broccoli fritter. cheese. Is that, is that what we had? But okay. <laughs> Like making chopping up broccoli in a little food processor. Oh, you can probably make that all in a food processor. Really yeah. Cool. Hello, super. super. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> my confidence. <laughs> you ruined my confidence. We're fine. fine. My openings are so bad. <laughs> Your openings are great. Your openings are awesome. Hey there, friends and, and lovers. Let's find a way to get together and talk about the world of superhero movie news, comics, and things of, of, the, of the like as Sean DeWire, Sean Brennan, Adam Patterson. We talk these things uh, over the next uh, hour. We're prepared to do just that in our roundtable discussion, although I don't think this is really a roundtable. It's more of a, it is a square table, and there are three of us. It is a sharp, pointed uh, discussion. Uh, it's not a roundtable uh, by definition. Hi, guys. Welcome hey. to the show, and the welcome back. I say the triangle is the strongest... Yes, it is the strongest shape. shape. That's right. I, I thought that was a hexagon. No, no. no. you can rip a hexagon. Exactly. In I, half. No. Mm-mm. Sorry. Mm-mm. You can if, rip. If it. I sit on a hexagon, it breaks. That's right. Or pyramid, which is three a sides pyramid. on each side, uh, and that's just four. not a coincidence. Wait, it's four. four. It's four. It's four. Four different sides, but no. But there's still you have the. <laughs> there's just like one yes, empty okay, thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you stuff all the the. The lucky all the charms. dead sarcophagi, the, the, the dead bodies, and the gold. And I was gonna say cereal, people. all the cereal to keep it nice and uh, fresh. All right, how else do you keep your your cereal fresh? Back in those Egyptian days, things got really musty. Back in Egypt, and that's the only way. They're still keeping. Little known fact about Egyptians that they that's still how they're still keeping their cereal fresh. Yeah, till modern day. Hello, welcome <laughs> to the Super Friends Super Show, and uh, this is uh, issue one sixty two. We're talking about superhero movie news. Did you know that? Did you know that? Um, we're still doing it. And God, we I feel like so much has happened over the last two weeks. And uh, it's not for lack of trying. We've tried to have to really kind of keep quiet. So there's a lot building up. Yeah, we've tried episode. very hard. It is. This is a very, very eagerly anticipated episode. We wait two weeks in between shows. So we have a lot to, to dig into. Yeah. And it feels like old news now. But, you know, now it's simmered. It's it, right, yeah, it was at a high boil for a while. Yeah, we put the cover on it and we we set it to simmer, and now all of that uh, the leafy greens have uh, withered, and we're ready to eat. Well, well it, we're like NPR. We we don't just tell you what what's going on. We mm-hmm. uh, give you little bits and pieces of information. Then a week later, we give you the full story. That's right. That's right. Joss Whedon. Let's start there. Yeah, uh, let's start, let's talk about shortly Mr. after we recorded their last show, one sixty one. Joss Whedon was officially let go. By oh, Warner yeah. Brothers DC from his uh, his role of, of as as director of Batgirl. This has been something that people have anticipated for a little while now. That Joss Whedon's position over Warner Brothers DC was not long for this world. I don't think relationships were were too um, warm 
over between him and, and Warner Brothers after what happened with Justice League. I don't know if what happened. But it's happened not his Justice- fault. But it's not it, his right. fault, though. But That's somehow, the thing. You know, you have that, and I don't think his things were at a high as far as his relationship and, and as far as confidence was concerned over at Warner Brothers DC. So the idea that he would do, it just seemed, one, it seemed like he was a weird fit in 2018 to do to direct a Batgirl film in this kind of new age of female directors coming to the forefront and like you know this is a female movie why is why is a guy directing a a female superhero movie we because had, of the industry because of the industry but things are changing though the so wheels Harvey are changing that's right. Harvey Weinstein has changed a lot. Weinstein. He Weinstein. himself has not changed a lot he is I imagine he's still a monster just, time's up that's right time's up Harvey and that just doesn't mean your blockbuster video X-rated film is due back to the blockbuster. <laughs> <clears throat> That's not what that means. Still, I imagine he's still. So let, let's all face it. I I really think that basically what happened with Warner Brothers is that they were jealous over the over what Joss Whedon had done for Marvel and the Avengers, and they're like, yeah, I don't like you. And That's I really right. think I I think that's probably just Do you about think it. Was that they they saw what he did over Avengers, like, oh, why don't you come work for us, and we're gonna ruin you. Right, exactly. I think, was that, I think it was just the thing where they were I think just it was jealous. Probably just a just a meaniness. It's an interesting um, take. That, that's I, that, that's the way I look at it. Because I mean, I could totally see Joss Whedon as being the perfect person for yeah, to Batgirl. Do just, okay, because that, right. no, for Batgirl because of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that that is that is a cultural icon that is still making him millions of dollars. Right, and he he literally creator writer everything on it producer and so on so for him to say you know as well as i think i think he wrote a wonder woman him and kevin smith have a have an amazing sort of um let's say connection with feminine quality movies mm-hmm. they they do they focus on and they they have a lot of emotional tie and they character development and everything else and so I, I see them as a natural progression. Same with Joss Whedon on um, you know Justice League. I understand that you know there were some issues and so on and so forth, but they he was he was supposed to be their knight in shining armor, and mm-hmm. and I can guarantee you that it was the suit that messed it up. It wasn't the it wasn't yeah. the knights. Well, it, it was seems the suits like... that came in with their lawyers and saying ah rah 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 budget rah 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 yeah you know <laughs> Zach Zach, Zach Snyder. Snyder ah well, Joss Whedon was put in the position where he was just destined to fail. You know he's trying to finish someone else's film. He comes in, he's trying to justify spending another like three hundred million dollars or right. however much it was on reshoots. The reshoots didn't improve the film. They looked terrible. They were they were laughable with of course, you know, CGI, mustache, gait. That uh, was a great that was a So great he wasted time. a lot of money for the studio. Do you think the 299 million went into the mustache technology? Yeah, you've I've seen online people like use this algorithm, this, this AI algorithm that did a better job removing <laughs> a mustache mustache off of Superman's face than their crack, you know, you know, Cracker Jack CGI team over at Warner. I mean, Brothers. you could probably just like find a guy who does horror movie and yeah. like effects and just like I don't put a know. little, so little stuff over thing. that. I mean, I I think of like Lord of the Rings, right? So Peter Jackson said the technology is not out there. I'm going to start a company so that we can create and develop the technology. Mm-hmm. And for the amount of money that Joss Whedon paid, he probably could have created his own team. But I guarantee you, because he jumped into something that was already started, there were already contracts involved where Warner Warner Brothers says, no, 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 we have a contract with the CGI team. This is the only team we can use. And that team's like, you can only use us. We're going to ratchet it up like 20, 30% and deal with it. Yeah. No, I definitely think that he came in and tried to make a turd as shiny as possible. 
and the, turned up the color saturation no. tried to make it as bright he as actually, possible he actually made it daytime and right. that was, that really <laughs> threw everyone off no and I, I think that's one of the problems is that you had someone who was supposed to come in and fix everything and then you expected someone fo- who to come in and finish 20 percent of something that's 80 percent done right and to only work with so much and to be like oh, okay well we're gonna tie one hand behind your back and going to limit what you can actually do so here you go. Have fun with it. And I think that's yeah. what's one of the problems. Joss Whedon, I, obviously, this what a strange relationship with him and Warner Brothers in DC. He came in like he's he's a big signing. I I know that Age of Ultron didn't do as well, so some of the luster as far as his his star appeal kind of came off a little bit. But that's a that was a big get, I think, for Warner Brothers DC, and he came in and you know by really no fault of his own, Justice League under under delivered. But then you figure, okay, this is a great fit with him coming in to direct Batgirl. That's that's a great fit. But with the recent Time's Up movement, the outcry for female directors, and then you have like this, <clears throat> bare, you know, you have this uh, this male director who's directing a female-led uh, superhero movie. I'm not sure how, what the optics look like there, and I think that, well, that hurts. Yeah, especially because of Wonder Woman doing so <clears throat> right. well with a female um, director. I mean, that... If, if that didn't do well, I don't think there would have been any issue. Right. But the moment that is like, oh, look, it's a female director with a female movie. And yeah, also no, it, um, there's a lot Captain Marvel also oh, has yeah, a female director. Right. So it's just. Oh, wait a minute. You got a male superhero, female director. What's going on? I'm done. Uh, no, not, not Shazam. Talking about you're thinking about Shazam. Oh, am I? Yeah, yeah. I don't really know these other That's characters. Fine. I'm That's sorry. Uh, Captain Marvel has a female director. And also there uh, is the is the news Joss Whedon has been allegedly, although I think he might have come out and confirmed it, has been cheating on his wife for a long time. Yep. And to go out for a long time and do those those press calls, those press events, going up and talking to the media. And of course, you have a director who is, you know, he's directing a female led superhero film. People are going to ask those questions. Are you the right person in this day and age with the time up times up movement and more females getting a chance to direct films. Are you the right person to be directing this film? Those questions would ultimately uh, be, be tossed his way. And I think maybe it was a mutual parting in that regard. Yeah. I think they both sort you know, both the studio and Joss Whedon saw the, the writing on the wall. And so that makes sense. And it seems the only real casualty of this, because Joss Whedon is just going to fall backwards into his pile of money. But Batgirl, as a franchise, it was so close to being, you know, to actually having a Batgirl movie be released. But now I think that's going to be put on the, the back burner. I really back hope burner. not. That's It's such an amazing concept, especially with, with the success of Gotham, the success of, like, you know, a lot right. of the DC TV shows, things like that. I mean, there, there's... I think without Batgirl Joss Whedon pushing it, you know, because that's a big director name and he wanted to do Batgirl. Without him pushing Batgirl to get made, now that he's not involved, I can't see anyone pushing to, for a Batgirl movie to be made. I, I just I just really so hope. I don't know. I, it's, I, hope, it's unfortunate. I hope somebody comes in with clout like like if, if Johnny Depp or um, what's her name? Mm. Johnny Depp. Kira Knightley. Nope. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no, Johnny Depp or Kevin Smith's yes. daughters ever wanted to get into directing, you know, like, yeah. like, like if it, if it was a daughter, like Sophie Coppola, if she was like, I want to do this, you know, e- even though she may not necessarily have the creds and, and I, I'm not going to try to play the stereotype of, well, she needs a man behind her in order to do it. But you know, somebody sounds like you're doing Adam, somebody with, between the lines, though, somebody Adam. with credentials or yeah. somebody with a lot of power, male or female mm-hmm. walks up and there's, 
there's somebody that's able to push it because I mean, let's face it, there there are not a, one of the big issues with Hollywood is that there are not a lot of female directors, which means that if there's not a lot of female directors, there's not a lot with clout. So there has to be some female director out there who has enough friends and buddies that are able to, you know, push pull and do everything needed in order to well, get it. I think you could also do something like how Tarantino is still presenting things for Eli Roth. You have a name recognition that carries that clout and it's, you know, I don't know, it could be anybody presents and then insert the film. And I think that'd be a good way to do it. And I mean, I'm when it comes to Whedon, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in his future. If, if already the last few films he's done has kind of just, you know, floundered just slightly. Like, it doesn't seem as if he I think, I think has that, anything. No, I mean, I, I still think he does. I think what's going to happen is he's, he's going to do the classic Hollywood, which he'll retreat away for five, six years, mm-hmm. do do some independent film, and that and then will either be amazing or it will tank, and that will seal his fate. And either he comes back a John Travolta or he goes away a Christian Slater. It, it, you know, because we I love like Christian Slater so because much. we love a, a lovable loser here on the Super Friends Super Show. Let's stick with another, you know, in, in the superhero realm, Marvel, but their comic book side, Bismal. not so well. Terrible. Right now, they are they just changed over their editor in chief over at Marvel Comics uh, to CB Kabulski. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And he is now announcing, coming forward in 2018, a brand new direction for the Marvel Comics line. Their fourth reboot in as many years, basically. At once a yeah, year, but, yeah, they're doing a line-wide... Since 2012, they've done yeah. four uh, reboots, which is... How what? many years ago? So that's six. No, no, no. So, so it's, it's every two years. Every two years. Is that too much? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do, you, so. do you want me to tell you the answer that I believe in the fact that they're just now getting back to their standardized numbering and now going to switch that once they again? They just did one, right? They just did Marvel Legacy. And part of Marvel Legacy was to bring back, was to essentially reshuffle their continuity and all of their characters who have died and maybe kind of moved on. You had who have... Through storyline reasons, you had uh, male Thor. He lost his worthiness, and a female Thor took his place. Well, he's going to get his hammer back. And you also had times up. Yeah, times. <laughs> well, time. <laughs> oh wait, res- no times. Time right backwards. <laughs> reset the clock because we're back to where we started. Over Murderer. You also have Captain America, who because he was all Hydra esque, he gave the mantle over to the Falcon, uh, over to Sam Wilson. He he's been Captain America for a while, and yeah, Tony yeah, Stark. But now he's been, the Falcon again, though. But now he's back. Right now he's gonna. Now he's so back now, to being the Falcon. Wait, wait, okay. Now before this is just a side note, just yeah. for me. What happened to that weird Nazi Tony uh, Captain America? He's still um, he okay. I believe isn't he still like locked up somewhere? He got uh, broke. He got sprung from prison after the events of Secret Empire. He's still out there. And if I understand it, and I read all of uh, of Nick Nick Spencer's Captain America run, as far as everything having to do with why he's evil, he is the real Captain America, and reality changed but and he got reset he uh met the uh oh god this is gonna sound so nerdy and so complicated no, no, this is why this is what i need i need to figure things out he was originally an evil hydra captain america who got he was brought up in the in the full in the hydra fold and was trained by hydra um and became like a deep uh double agent for hydra 
and the allies got the uh, the cosmic cube and reset reality back in World War Two, and he then was changed into thinking that he was good Captain America, and that's he's gone that way in thinking for a long time, and then he uh, encountered uh, a shard of the cosmic cube who reset him and changed him into his default regular way of who he used to be, and somehow so that he's the real Captain America, and what occurred in the way that they resolved secret empire is they had living within that cosmic shard the memory of who captain america should be and that memory took for uh, a form and said i am captain america and everyone's like yeah that's captain america and he uh bested the hydra captain america and put him in prison but that's bullshit man <laughs> that's that's Captain America. It's called a cheat. That, you're, you're a clone, and you're just going, like, that's not, no, that's, like, that's, Hydra Captain America is, like, I went through all, I read, like, God, 25 issues, and I'm with them, and that makes sense, and they just undid it. That event sucked, and um, so, anyways, to answer your question, Hydra yes. Captain America was uh, sprung from prison, and I believe he's still out there, and I don't know where he is right now but they could always revisit him but they're going about it acting like it never happened uh clone captain america is just going around like he's been captain america the whole time just being captain america and they're not going to address it ever again right that's they're going to address it in 10 years yeah with grant morrison when he comes back and yeah he's like, well you know yeah. he, as mad as i am right now oh yeah no <laughs> i was as invested as sean dwyer he would say in a very thick irish accent right i, imagine. I honestly feel like he makes note of the of these yeah. very specific right. times, like in a large like he has like a binder for Marvel and a binder for DC, and then just a binder that contains like Cthulhu stuff. So that was all the stuff that went on with the reason to bring on the last reboot over at Marvel Comics was to put everyone back to their their factory reset default settings. Yeah, so you yeah, have yeah. Captain America is Captain America. Everyone, uh, Tony Stark is returning back to being Iron Man. He got yeah. ousted from me. He got lost for a while, and right. you had Victor Von Doom as Iron Man. But now everyone's back, and um, I thought that was the whole point of Marvel Legacy. They renumbered back to original number original numbering. So instead of like. Because they've been renumbering back to number one for the last bunch of years. They're now back to their legacy numbering. So you have, like, Thor at Thor issue 700 as opposed to, like, 13. I mean, do you think that but it's... I don't understand the point of doing it again. You just you just got a reboot. No, no. no. I, I, I honestly think Finish it's... Finish your current reboot before no, no, you get no, a no, new no. reboot. It's the guy, the new editor in charge. He's like... Yeah favorite thing number ones everybody gets a number one i haven't had a chance to do my reboot like i I feel i feel like that's i feel like it's it's not so much yeah i don't know i feel like it's not so much ego as much as it is like all right this isn't working here somebody else go in there and all of a sudden um he goes in there and he's like i don't know what to do (laughs) yeah Uh, let's just start over let's 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 do something big because if i'm gonna be here for 20 years i'm gonna you know I one thing that actually was missing from this press release, they did a uh, a hype video to, ooh, that went along with this. Ooh, uh, some comments from the Marvel editor in chief, Kowalski. Uh, he says, "I can say, walking through these halls, I have never seen more enthusiasm and more excitement from where Marvel Comics is going this year." Not since Marvel Now, all the way back in 2012. Wow, <laughs> we had wow, such a uh, a big. Um, 
line-wide change of talent on the Marvel Comics line. Yeah, they've lost a lot of people, and they've had to bring a lot of people in. But, God, you just did a reboot, man. So I didn't see a guarantee. It makes no sense. My final point is I didn't see a guarantee or anything addressing, I understand we've done a lot of reboots, (laughs) and I'm guaranteeing this is the last one for a long time. I did not see that guaranteed at all. So my feeling is... Two years from now, we're going to be doing this again. Yeah. No, I, I, they I, are just in such, they're just really, really circling the drain yeah. right now, Marvel Comics, no, I trying feel, to come up with a good idea. I feel what they should do is what they did with the Spider-Man when Dan Slott first started Spider-Man, yeah. which was the story was like number one of this story, right. but like underneath it was still like three, yeah, 14. Yeah, they've been doing that. I don't think it's really worked. I don't know. I don't, no, no, no. In theory, I, I just, that should I work. I just think it's a smart idea to be like, if you want to jump on, yeah. this story is told in 16 parts, but it's number 314 out of everything. Yeah. And I think that's a good idea because I believe we, you made mention of that when Superior Spider-Man came out. That the idea of a new story arc for number one is a good idea, but still mm-hmm. keep the original numbering. And I think that's, they, that's something they, they should even do. Even throughout all of these reboots, they've done that. They've yeah. done exactly what you're describing, and it hasn't worked. I mean, I think it should work, but it, for whatever reason, it doesn't work. And but, but they think the, the number one does. It's not going to solve anything. Well, for a while, it's going to confuse me. It was Adam brought a, a good point. Brought up a good point that you're as a comic book shop, the pre-orders. Is, oh, yeah. is yeah. that really the, drives the, the, business, the business. Yeah, the business model is completely based off of the idea of pre-orders. And so the as as anything moves forward, it's obviously going to dip and dive, which is why you have these events and why you have to restarts and so on and mm-hmm. so forth. But the big thing that I think is, is very interesting, or, and this is going to be me putting on my professor and nerd yes. hat. <clears throat> Don't get to straighten your tie before you start this speech. <laughs> so... There's a there's a thing called reframing questions in order to understand risk management um, in in business. So you have this idea that if you frame a question, it'll actually change the way the outcome is set. I'm forgetting the exact theory now, but uh, it's part of critical thinking. So if I were to frame a an issue in the way of a loss, so I were to say the the ship is sinking, we need to do something. It's utterly crazy. Um, people used to or people typically stay the core or do something conservative because people start going all wacky and wild with the amount of risk taking people mm-hmm. that normally wouldn't take right. risks. And so it's, it's, they, they forget the idea of sunken costs and they say, Hey, you know, we've already sunk $400 million into this. Let's just keep going because we've sunk already so much in. And it's like, Sorry. but the sunken cost, we can never get back. Let's just move forward. It's and one of these things it. where, the way the comic book industry works is you have right pre-orders and comic book shops have to they, essentially they order their product months in advance. Right. Um, they do solicitations. The comic book um, companies they say, "Hey, this is what's coming down the line. You're going to want to order a bunch of these books and have them in your store, or else you know you're not going to. These are the products you want to move because you're going to make a lot of money off this book. Trust us." And that's how the industry works. So when they say, hey, we got a big renumbering coming up, you want these books. Look at this hype right. video we made. People are getting excited. So, and three months down the line, it doesn't matter if the book sucks. You, right. you've, you've bought all these books and you have to sell them. So now the comic book shop has to pretend, oh, this is a great book, right? We bought a million of them because we bought into the hype. But I think the comic book industry, the comic book shops rather, they're starting to get wise to this. And right. they're not <laughs> – they're not buying into it as much. They're not buying as many of these books. 
I think they are just sort of sticking to their guns and saying, you know, we've fallen for this, this renumbering hype a lot of times. And so we'll see how this kind of works. You know, looking at the video, looking at the, the artwork uh, that accompanied the video, it just looks a lot more like, and they've been doing this for a little while, they are trying to get more synchronized with the, the movie version of these characters. Right. All the characters that exist, you know, in this, in this promo art that they released to go along Side this uh, this big renumbering, this big uh, reboot. These look more or less most of these characters more and more looking like their movie counterpart. I think they think that that's how you build brand recognition through the comics. Like oh people are like oh hey I recognize this character from from the movies. Yeah, I'm gonna buy this. They think that that's the way to go. Well, we t- we talked about this I think when the first Avengers movie came out. I think it was right. a little bit after that that this pri- the sale of shawarma tripled while the sale of comics didn't move an inch right like so i, it, I know it's, it's you, weird. you're you're, inspe- you're expecting people to invest in something for let's say three dollars every month and for frankly, for I more don't than know a how year you, save the well, comic industry, well, but. You, you can't but like think of it like this like for fifteen dollars you're getting three months of a story that you're going to mm-hmm. tell over a whole year but you could take that same fifteen dollars and go see a movie Right. For two and a half hours, not have to worry about like continuity issues, nothing else. Right. You, everything's right there for two and a half hours. It's all in front of you and you can walk away. Well, you know, there is maybe the future. I know that they've dipped their toes in it a little bit with comics uh, into the digital market where they made, although there wasn't a price change. You watch your yourself. That is a, <laughs> sorry, an authentic Buffalo Bills helmet that you just I'm sorry. smacked your elbow against. That thing is going down in value as we talk, because Mario Williams is no longer on the team. Um, but I digress. With with comics, they di- a couple of years ago, uh, with the DC uh, New 52, they with that push as far as that renumbering back in 2012 or so, they... Um, they started this big digital initiative where they made on the same day, maybe there's a day delay, the books that were available in the store, they would be available to purchase digitally. However, for the same price, which is a problem because right. you're not getting the same commodity. <laughs> you're not getting something to hold to, that you can save, put it in a, in a, in a pr- protective sleeve. You don't own the thing that you bought, right, but at least they were trying. It, it doesn't cost them anything to make this thing available digitally. So you have, services like netflix that they just give you these over-the-top services that give you everything for nine dollars a month a really reasonable fee the way it is right now you know being a wrestling fan let's just follow me here being a wrestling (laughs) i'm with you i'm with you let's look at new japan pro wrestling new japan pro wrestling also did something we're like well you know what we are trying to jump into the digital realm we're making our events um available online through itv but we still uh, we still have to charge, even though it's it's all digital, uh, and there really is no middleman as far as like a pay per view provider or anything like that. We're still charging full price for these tickets or for to to purchase this event digitally. What they decided to do is because really there's no overhead cost, the very little overhead cost to do this. You just lock someone in, and you're looking. You see with the WWE Network with Netflix for nine dollars a month, and you give them everything, all these over the top content providers, and people. Somehow that 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 uh, marketing strategy works because these companies aren't going out of business. It seems to be working for Netflix. It seems to be working for the WWE Network. WWE Network they make their entire archive available, all their monthly events, 
um, live and available immediately and New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's $9 a month and you get everything. And they're as long as you have the consistent people paying you $9 a month, and yeah, they're getting a lot more value than they used to, I think, uh, paying like $60 for an event. They're, they're, they're cons- but they maybe might buy one of those every couple of years because it was such an investment. Now they're paying you $9 a month consistently. So I wonder if the comic book industry should turn to um, a, a direction where they have subscription services where you get brand new comics, everything available, instead yeah. of just kind of trying to nickel and dime people saying, oh, you know, we're only making, they they've because they've had services like that. Marvel, they've had like digital services where yeah. like, but you would only have accesses, access to uh, to books that were, what was it, three months old, two months old or something? Yeah. Like and they would only give you like, oh, and you only get like a, a 20% of our whole archive is available. Yeah. Even with Image, you could buy the actual comic for $4, right. but they're going to charge you $3 for, or 3 or $2 for a digital. And I think that, 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 that that's an issue where all you're doing is just, scanning it and mm-hmm. loading it up once just once yeah you're, you're not you're not wasting any more ink you're not doing anything more you're just having one guy phil right who works in the mailroom that's his only job it's the only to job. stand in front of the copier all day oh but See, he they, mutters they, they don't even the have to do that i mean basically what they're doing is that they're sending over the final copy to the printer and then that <laughs> they you know, just in, you're in getting a, rid of in a pdf <laughs> in a pdf and they're like there you go. And then and then the and then the digital guys was like, "Well, let's just archive the PDF." And there's yeah. probably some MBA grad up there who's who's an intern is like, "Why don't you just, you know, sell access to the PDF also? I want to read it through the PDF." <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that that, that I I that's honestly a great idea. The are coming down a little because you have these other services who you just you charge one really affordable monthly rate, but you get people who don't unsubscribe and they just get used to the fact, that, oh, yeah, I'm paying nine dollars, but I, look how much I get. And it's not it, because it's the digital frontier. The overhead cost is so small compared yeah. to what, you know, how much you're bringing in. It's basically nothing. You don't have to produce. You don't have to print anything. I Granted, think- you're killing the comic book shops by doing it that way. But I think they need to maybe come down from their high horse and say, listen, instead of charging the same exact thing for the digital version of a comic book because you know it's available on the same day it's not worth the same i honestly think that what you can do is that you can sell a subscription for like ten dollars a month yeah get all of dc all of whatever and then actually instead of like all these virgin variants and all these like weird color off variants why don't you just make why don't you just make five hundred thousand copies of that one issue right and just sell it and that's it. But they buy it direct from you. Um, so, so you're taking out the retail shops completely. Taking out the retail shops completely. I think you'd have a hard time. I think it's just that's tradition. I think that's the culture. I think you'd really have a lot of outrage from the fan base. I, but think, I think I think that's part of the problem, though, is that is that we're talking about the culture. We're talking about the entire business model, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like the it's just like the uh, newspaper subscriptions, right? They have to adapt. They they cannot yeah. they cannot survive. As you such. adapt or die. That, that's, all, that's all there is to it. You right. evolve or die. And right at this point, I think in 2012, it was kind of a, a mindset like, well, you know what? This thing, you know, we can't charge less for our digital version or no one's going to buy um, the, the real thing because we're charging a dollar um, for the digital version when we're charging three dollars for, right, our, print. Our, for our print version. No one's going to do that. But you look and the digital side of things has made such a small impact. 
because people are smart. They were like, you know, this is bullshit. I'm not going to pay the same exact thing for the digital version of this. That's why I think you have to go. But once you open that door, you can't go back. Right. I think once you say, you know, listen, listen, this is how much our content is worth. Nine dollars a month. You can't then go. You can't turn back and go. Oh, um, it's really it should be sixty. No, <laughs> you know, and change your thing once you you make the announcement. But it's worked for these other companies. I honestly think that if you price together a month works of comics, mm-hmm. like every Wednesday someone buys five comics, that's fifteen dollars a piece right, right there. So that's sixty dollars a month. You can cut that in half and say even twenty dollars, and you would still make back your money. And the thing is, you could still. I don't know, you could still sell those comics, but you don't need to go out and make and do all this promotion for number ones and everything else. Right. See, I, I think I think going off of that though, I think I think the best thing for them in, in general is just you the model, like you were saying, doing the five hundred thousand. So instead of taking out the retail shops, because the whole point of the retail shops is that it's a place that you feel safe because you're a nerd and you you aren't accepted in society, therefore you have to find a place. And you don't have to download other, anything. You just go are. and you, you pick it right? up. And you don't have to have but, an app that is a is. But I think I think the big thing that helps out with a lot of this is that you have you have a digital service that says, okay, these are the people that just want the content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and then like you were saying, Sean, you know, if you want a physical piece of property, make it twenty thirty bucks. To well, purchase. you can also make mm-hmm. it special. Well, you also still have you like uh, Mondo. Mondo literally came out with a Batman figure for a hundred and twenty dollars. Shops will still pre-order that and sell that to the people that come in. These they make more high-end toys now than they ever have before. I think what you're going to see is that the paper comics are going to kind of go out you're going to see a lot more you might see yeah. a resurgence of like indie comics where people are just going to like doing it themselves selling it to shops and that way you have a lot of local people still doing it but i think you're going to see things go more towards the collector like yeah, the yeah. actual collector like these yeah, toys I, there's certainly a way to do it i think that is got i'm thinking about ways to save the comic book industry and you can't sales it's like I the think music that's industry the only way to do it i think right but you're seeing in the in with the music industry services like what is it iMusic what Spotify, are they, Spotify, Spotify where you pay the same exact thing yeah. you pay like $9 $12 a month and you get access to everything Exactly. I think the comic book industry should really follow that same way. But so I, that for me, that's the only thing I think that they can really do to kind of move the bar. Or or what they could. All, I mean, all right. So so you have the music industry, right? Like record, like the record shops and so on, which are still hemorrhaging money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the only way that they can survive is either they cut into the artists. Like okay, artists make money off of the touring. The 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 production company makes money off of the licensing. So basically, the the only way for the comic book shops to make money is that you you have to differentiate your products on licensing and so on. So they they have to find new ways to either license their product or accept the fact that they can't license their product, in which case it's no longer a product. Well, it's no okay, longer a needed, you know, commodity. Well, so okay, if you look at vinyl, you see that vinyl people are like this is the best year since for oh, vinyl right. since ever, but vinyl hasn't. It's only moved like a tenth yeah. of a percent to what it was. I think what you're going to see is you're going to see more high-end special edition comics. Like you're going to start to see. I don't see, even know if you need to see. I don't even know if you necessarily need to do that. I think what you, what if if I'm envisioning a way to yeah. change the comic book industry to make it profitable or at least do something where you have the best chance of it of changing and really making it a profitable industry, you do an overtop service. 
you in the comic book um, shops, you make a very small number available of books available, like a single single printing, and you only do a small number of books, and that's yeah. it. And it's you do, do one run of that book. There, you don't have to do a cra- a crazy amount of variant covers. You just do a single run of that book, and it's a small number. And I don't know how you'd work that with the comic book shops as far as well they would. That would cause an issue because you would have to order them from a distributor. But I yeah. definitely think that what that would cause is comic book shops to be craftier. You're gonna have to like you're gonna have to figure out like oh man how do I keep my comic book shop alive? Well you're gonna have to bring in you're gonna have to use special nights. You're gonna have to bring mm-hmm. in like Jim Lee. You're gonna have to bring in Ooh, up and coming yeah. creators and artists. You're gonna have to that's going to have more impact on the artists and the writers becoming more attuned to not going to conventions anymore. I think you're going to see this idea where conventions are going to become smaller and you're going to see a lot more mini conventions pop Touring up throughout artists. the year to that. That's a great idea. Touring artists. Like, yeah, I would love to see Jeff Lemire come through and talk about his projects and talk about his art well, and like, let me ask you this: What would you feel about if, if say, you're going in that direction and Jeff you, Lemire Day? You Sorry. have you have the an over over the top service, and you have the comic book shops that are essentially selling very small numbers of single run comics. But you you have to figure out a way to like keep them sustainable, and um, maybe you have the comic book industry, the the comics, um, the comic book companies take those comic book shops and uh, instead of them having them be local. Um, no local stores they are official dc or marvel no stores and they instead of having a distributor they work basically they are a hub for dc or marvel i'm going with adam because because no you don't like the idea of that's gonna be really hard because having them basically be corporate bookstores well because then i'm gonna have to go to three it's an investment it's an investment in your it's not it's not because the 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 comic book industry doesn't care about the stores. Right. They care about the sales of the comics. Yeah. The stores are purely the middle people. The only way the stores to survive is if they pull a Starbucks, in which case you have a commodity such as coffee, right? You have right. a Busto or, or, or Arabica. Those are the only two types of beans. They are sold as commodities. The only thing that the Star or the only things that coffee shops used to do, they used to they were like pastry shops that sold coffee. Starbucks turned it around and said, we're coffee shops that sell pastries. Yeah. So Starbucks turned it into the third space. You have the first space being home, the second space being work, third space being the coffee shop, right? Just like the uh, brew pub or whatever else. So all of a sudden, you have to create an environment in which people want to come. Right. So if you were if you were to create a comic book shop with a fireplace and and other and you know maybe some chairs and you could you could pay a small subscription fee to go to that comic shop maybe rent a book like a library yeah. or or sit there and they would have events every single month I you know you are it, i think you that's a great it, idea you turn it into a comic book club and so all of a sudden it's a clubhouse and, and you are you're paying a subscription to the to the actual clubhouse well, and then that clubhouse why couldn't it with with that line of thinking i think you're 100 right that, that sounds awesome why couldn't marvel comics or dc comics say you know what we are going to we're going to uh, to fund your your operation. Um, you're you're going to have the ability for uh, for people who pay this nine dollar ten dollar fee to be club members, and you can come in. You can download comics from with their thing. You can enjoy. Uh, you can ha- get discounts off of physical media, things like that. Where, but we're fully we're fully funding you. You, it's a Marvel. It it you can still have it be Dave's comics, but it's a 
Marvel branded store but or a DC branded store. That's it, it'll never it'll, it'll never work to be only Marvel or only DC or only anything. It has to be all of it. Mm. So the only way that that could work is if is if the comic book shop is if it's a tiered structure. Right. The, so the the people pay the comic book shop. The comic book shop says um, I, either the comic book shop is paying a licensing fee to DC or Marvel to say we have access to this this and this, or DC and Marvel are saying. We want, you know, we're paying you right. to promote our particular projects within your clubhouse. Yeah. Those, I, are, those are the only two I ways they, I can see working. Well, okay, so right. w- w- with your idea of only DC and only Marvel, right. would you they do, would fund the stores, well, uh, they would they would set up this, the, uh, the, the book signers to come, they would deal with the distribution. Exactly, but you would have to have they would decide such a large, books. but you would have to have such a large store. So it's not your local, your local guys would all be put out. I don't think it would have to be a large store. I think. No, 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 it, it would have to be. No, no, the local guys wouldn't be put out. They would, they would be, be, they would be bought out. It's the same thing. It's the it's same thing. It's not the same no, thing. No, it is, to, it is. It's the same thing. So what it would is. happen is your Marvel and DC is your Walmart. Your mom right. and pops are you still your independent comic guys. Right. Your Dave's Comics is your mom and pop. They would say, hey, we love what you're doing down here at Dave, Dave's Comics. They, they, they wouldn't do that we, because Dave's, wanna... Comics, Dave's Comics doesn't yeah. have the space and the adequate amount of people That's to run like DC that. DC or Marvel Comics come in with their big briefcase full of money and go, you know, we love what you're doing over here at Dave's Comics. Let's build you a fireplace. <laughs> okay, so this, but this is part of the problem that happens. Put on this shirt, Dave. But this is part of the problem that happens with a lot of the companies that are bought out by larger ones is that the CEO is used to so much freedom, all of a sudden it turns into a franchise and they're cuckold by um, Oh, yeah, they all become franchises. They're great. Right. But uh, you still get to call it Dave's Comics. You can still call it. You still get to call it Dave's Comics. Dave's Co- DC presents Dave's Comics. In so that's five how years, though, you got to change the name to DC Comics. Though. Yeah. Right. No, I honestly think that you Adam, have to. But for five years, you get to still be Dave. I right. think that what Adam has is a good idea. I think that what comics can do is they can become mini libraries. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you can still sell your back issues. You can still have your yard sales. You can still sell all the things that have already existed. And I think that's a great idea because now what you're going to do is you're going to build that environment. And right. I think that's that's going to be you're one building, of the main things. You're building the atmosphere. And let's face it. So, so I mean, there, there are two parts to it is because the, the current comic book shop, the whole reason that you go there is because it's dank, dark, cool, et cetera, right? So you're, you're – That's the whole reason I avoid it. Well, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, there, there's I go certain, there so I don't have to make eye contact with that. I was afraid. Fuck. Remember – I'm not sure if you remember, Adam, uh, oh, back I in like 2011. Yep. I <laughs> was getting – really getting into comics. You, but, were, you had anxiety about But I had going. anxiety about going into a comic book <laughs> shop and like, they're going to talk to me. Yeah. It's I, won't, I won't know anything. I, won't, I, I will be, yeah. Well, it's just like I, I was too, I had so much anxiety. I'm like, they're going to, because I my experience as far as going to really any store is to go in, just people leave me alone. I get to browse. When I am ready to purchase something, I will hand you thing I'm going to purchase. If I want to talk to you, fine but they come they try to start a conversation but if they don't want if they don't start a conversation with me i take it personally do i does it not appear that i know enough am i not cool if people are their club no. you know there's a lot that went into that so I, get rid of those jerks i think close I, them all down i think what you're gonna have is you're gonna have one of two things you're gonna have your starbucks of comics or you're yeah. gonna have your gutter pop have you guys been to gutter oh, pop yeah gutter okay, pop so gutter yeah. pop is in buffalo new york it's a, a very small comic book shop and they like 90 percent of their stuff is all weird indie third like 
stuff you weren't even like all third independent wave stuff you wouldn't even think about existing mm-hmm. and that's gonna always exist as a comic book shop because that doesn't cater Fine, they can still exist you well, know what no, i just well, gotta call, i just gotta call in my earpiece here from from dc and marvel comics yeah they don't need your comic book shop they're just gonna start their own comic book shops they don't want to buy you out well, they no, want, well, you, to well, de- no, so they want ex- you to starve so that's exactly what's gonna happen so you're gonna have your gutter pops your yeah. daves they're still gonna exist and they're gonna go in because they like how weird it is they like how right. niche it is because gutter pop not only sells comics they sell games they sell dvds they sell records they have all this well, you're weird not selling stuff DC or marvel comics because no we just cut you off Dave. The, that's the thing they, they s- don't want to no yeah they don't want to they sell well, very very little dc yeah. or the, marvel the, comics that's yeah. that's the best part but then you're gonna have your starbucks DC comics right next door exactly no that's giving away free but, that, but that's okay because the moment that a dc or marvel goes into gutter pop gutter pop loses its cred and thereby loses its business yeah, no, and that's exactly what's going to happen. So your DC and Marvel are going to be your Starbucks. Yeah. There's, they're going to open up. They're going to take up block by block. They're going to go ahead and they're going to do it because they want to, because they can't. No, who am I kidding? It's, no one. The comic book industry is not popular enough where like where these corporate entities are, are able to open up comic book shops and think they're going to be like a um, a. a, a Bene- you know a beneficial endeavor it, it just that's not the industry See, right i now. think i think it could i mean they need the comic book shops to basically like give them a front they do and i, I think of like forbidden planet in in london mm-hmm. there's one in um there's one in america as well yeah in new, in york. new york city i believe yeah. but they're they're not technically affiliated so yeah the uh <laughs> the one in but the there's a it's a big chain out in London and the way that they get away with it is that they're able to bridge the gap and say okay not only do we sell comics but we also sell uh, niche or niche books and we sell you know basically they they cater to the to a larger brand or a larger variety of super nerd if you will you know so they they have everything from Warhammer to um, to comics to you know zombie books etc and then and then they make sure that they always have a steady influx of Mm -hmm authors um writers yeah uh, to come in and do signings and exactly yeah, you know right. artists and and they will they will always have somebody coming around so i, I really oh, think over that's at the, my marvel comic book shop that i just set up you're gonna have stanley there every thursday <laughs> i don't doubt it because stanley is gonna die now. in that he lives shop. there now and who's, he's gonna be buried that, in that who's shop the too. great artist that we that we did the comic book thing on? i can't think of his name rob right. liefield rob yeah. liefield so so like having having a throwback rob liefield you know walk or doing a, a little tour um across the across the country i mean think about it, you could probably have every large city catering or having at least one of these and it would just become like one of those secret societies which plays into the whole culture of comics because could you imagine there being Everyone like it's a ring yeah exactly everybody gets a ring or a card or some other bs and they, they well over know. at marvel comics comic shop <laughs> where we own rob liefeld and he's so grateful to be part of our industry he's doing um marvel he's doing personal caricatures outside of our shop for exactly. any person who walks by he, oh my god i would ask him to do my foot i would ask him to do my foot <laughs> and that's it he cannot compute and he starts he rips off his skin he's i am a dalek and he just tries killing everyone his skin just starts to <laughs> melt yeah, he, that's why he's not he's not human that's why he can't draw human appendages uh let's move on before um, i turn into a, a dalek and i start trying to crush humanity open corporate chains and let's talk about <laughs> speaking of a of a of a robot type of uh, sent, sentient alien ai thing coming to invade 
uh, a certain planet and take their things, uh, which is uh, the best segue I've ever made. Krypton <laughs> over on Sci-Fi is coming, and the uh, I've looked at a trailer they released for the full first season. Have you guys seen it? it is the Krypton store also coming? With the it? Krypton <laughs> store is also coming. You get Everything's to take green. Home your own little your own little bottle bottle with candor in it. That oh, you get to take home. Oh, oh, so all the colors of Krypton of Kryptonite are all like yeah. weird, like. Um, Spanish fly things like this one's for like setting the mood. This one's to like get everyone going. <laughs> That's right. And they sell like little um, little crystal like little glasses, and inside they have like a weird type of drink. Um, like the red one is kind of like uh like some type of oh, it's thing like a, it's like a you... weird cinnamon yeah. Red Bull. That's yep, right. And it go. makes you split off, and you have your evil um, self, and you guys have to do battle, and then you merge together. It's a great experience. Um, <laughs> it might be LSD. In, in a little cup that they just told you. I can't confirm that. But Krypton is coming to sci-fi and it looks good. Is that a, is that a question? Yeah, I guess. I, what do you you said you guys saw the trailer? I, I think it looks awesome, quite frankly. And and the reason I say it is because it sci-fi has done a really good job ever since Channel Zero. Mm-hmm. And oh, I love Channel Zero. Yeah, so much. Channel, Channel Zero. Um, they've they've done uh, the magicians. Mm-hmm. There's there's uh, two or three other shows that they've really just sort of picked up the ball and said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna be a powerhouse now. They they have some fantastic writers. Oh, well, they're owned by NBC. Really they're under you know they're under the NBC uh, general electric umbrella. So they yeah. have money if they want to use it. But I mean the the big thing that. But I mean, they instead of just being like a TNT, where I, I think a lot of the stations have done that, where it's like, hey, we're going to do reruns, mm-hmm. you know, or, or really bad movies. Now, now they're picking up and they're doing like legit yeah. shows, original content. And I think, I think this is sort of the next foray. And the fact that it's on Sci-Fi means that they're they're not going to try to do an ABC, NBC, CBS right. uh, more mainstream. They're going to say, no, we're going to go a little harder. And on top of that, it, it's. The way it seems, it, it has a it has a feel like the HBO's Rome, only yeah. it's going to be sort of network quality. It HBO looks like Rome. they're putting like some money into this as far as yeah. production values are concerned. Uh, it's when and I was first hearing about this like a year ago, it seemed like a hard sell. Yes, it's, very it, much so. It focuses on Superman's grandfather, whose name is not in front of me, and I'm not going to try it. No, not, no, not um, let us uh, uh, side. No, um, it's it doesn't matter. Just say it any syllable. Just say any syllable. No one's going to know the difference. S- uh, L. <laughs> uh, it is. Oh, what is it? It's uh, it's not Val L. Uh, great. No, oh no, it is Val L. Superman's great great grandfather Val L. In the middle of a Val trial. L. Maybe it doesn't matter. So it's it's Superman's uh, grandfather and two hundred years, two hundred years ago in the past and. So maybe it's his great great grandfather, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's a tough sell. And when they were showing some of the early um, video concept art for the series, you had those Man of Steel like little um, little crystal things, yeah, uh, with the Superman emblem on the top to uh, to they, you'd use his keys to way to add to Seg access. L. What is it? Seg, Seg L. L. I knew it was start with the yeah, with an S, and. I'm like, okay, this is going to be weird because my issue with prequels is that you're telling a story that you, that before anything interesting happened. 
Well, okay. Or else you would have, that would have been your original story. You would have no, started the story no, there. No, you, no, no, no. That, that's a red herring. <laughs> you would have that originally red chosen. Herring. If things are so interesting back here, this would be the first Superman story. No, it wouldn't be because Superman takes place on Earth. That's the reason it's the first story that we hear about it. Oh. But it does not mean that it is the first story of Krypton. <laughs> it does not mean it's the your first story. Your eyes are bulging on your head as you Destroy. <laughs> Destroy the hamper. <laughs> that's Adam turning into a Dalek right now before our very eyes. But now it seems really cool because I'm hearing more things. And I saw the trailer, of course, and it's it's available online for viewing purposes. He is he's approached by this character named Adam Strange. And Adam Strange is this time traveling dude from modern day. And uh, he's known in over at DC Comics as a person who is he's like a cosmic type of character. Yeah. He travels yeah. through Semi-watcher space and time. type deal. I don't know very much about him, but I'm aware of the name. So he approaches uh, Superman's great grandfather or grandfather yet to be determined. I'm sure we could find out very grandfather. easily. Grandfather, Sagal, Sagal, Sagal. I don't. Let's no, just call him Sagal. No, it, it's Seg, <laughs> no, it's Sagal in in honor of Joseph Siegel, who's who's the creator or one of the creators of Superman. Not another uh, honor of Steven Seagal. <laughs> Not an honor of Steven Seagal. <laughs> I really thought it was Steven Seagal. I'm sorry. So Seagal uh, is approached by Stephen Strange, and Stephen Strange says, Hey, man, listen, I'm from the future, and in the future, your grandson... I was going to say great-grandson. I get to be determined whether or not... Your family. Your family member in the future. He turns out to be the, the greatest superhero in the history of the galaxy... But there is a creature named Brainiac who is going from planet to planet, and he is trying to basically squash out his lineage and make sure he never exists. So here is Superman's cape. Um, if it exists, that means that you, we failed and reality has been changed. The future has been changed. And similar to Back to the Future, like the picture that Marty has. Yep. Uh, as the, his family member, it starts fading. So you're going to have Seagal with the cape. And if the cape is is uh, starting to fade or uh, do something to that effect, don't put it in the dryer uh, because you know the color fades. Right, dry clean only. The dry clean only, obviously. Um, so that's interesting. So there is really something, an overarching storyline that that is okay. I can get behind this Brainiac. The how Brainiac looks in this. The special effects look really good. The brain, they really nailed Brainiac. It's weird that DC can do a TV show that I takes know. like months to do. Oh my Very God. well, but they can't, you know, come. I would have bring it down to like three hours. Brainiac, how he looks in this upcoming sci-fi, sci-fi TV series, as how he could have looked in their film, big film feature, well, Justice e- League, well, because even, Steppenwolf looked like ass. Yeah, even the Martian from Supergirl right. looks really right. good. <laughs> Yeah, compared to anything how, that they did in the movies, which is weird. I think they just what Adam said. I think they just got stuck with this really lazy um, CGI team that yeah. they just had on contract or retainer. Yeah, and like you know what, you're stuck with us. You signed the deal, and they yeah. just well, what if we give you three hundred million dollars? What work can you do for three hundred million dollars? Probably the same work that we were going to do yeah. for five dollars. But I thanks, on, I can piss on Henry Cavill's face. <laughs> no, that's right. I can call my cousin Keith. He could <laughs> Keith. He could help. I guess. I don't know. I guess they hired more of their buddies. I don't. know. They did a really bad job on Justice League, but I, I, uh, you know, obviously we we've talked probably more about Justice League on the show than we probably should have for it being the greatest superhero movie ever. Uh, uh, of course. You have David as Goyer, 
who has been involved in the Dark Knight series. He was involved in Man of Steel as far as the script. So he's involved in this and he has experience, good or bad, in these superhero movies and sci-fi. looks like they might have something because it looks like it draws a lot of influence from Game of Thrones. You have the different houses. You have the, the House of Zod. You have yep. the House of... Um, of L. L and the other ones and the rest. And they you can see how they kind of are warring with each other and there's there's rivalry as far as who's the strongest house. So you really could have something. With I can't this. wait till Booster Gold shows I don't up. No. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Oh, Booster Gold will absolutely show up. And you wonder if they're gonna cross these over with their CW shows? Probably not. I, I, I don't know, because it's 200 years in the past, so I mean... You unless... have a whole show on the CW where they just travel back in time. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's okay. true, yeah. They can All travel right. so far back in the time that they travel to a whole nother galaxy. So Kandor, if you know your Superman at all, is the one that gets trapped in like this little bottle. Yep. By Brainiac, and they're a this Ooh, trunken city, and that's be, where this takes place. That'd be good if that's how they start this sh- yeah. this show off with. And like, you have Brainiac, so you have this looming danger because you know how how it's supposed to end, but because you're dealing with time travel and things changing, altering of time, it might end up being different. With Kandor not being, then shrunken. you have to have some sort of event in yeah. order to Legion. You could actually have Legion there for some reason. Yeah, exactly. Why not? I mean, it, it, get weird. It has Adam Strange. Why not? Get weird. Get Let's weird. So I'm, you know what? I'm on board. That's awesome. I no, can, the first season's probably going to be really good. We'll see. I, uh, I'm i on board. I'm going to give it a shot. I don't say that for all, because there are so many superhero television shows that debut, and I don't end up watching half of them. <laughs> I'm probably going to wait on Jessica Jones, even though I like Jessica Jones season one a lot. Yeah. I've seen as the, much it, it's the strongest, as I need to, it, I think. It's and, that and yeah. Punisher. So, just so Jessica much. Jones is number one. Punisher is number two. Luke Cage. The oh, first boy. half of Luke Cage is like really up there with Jessica Jones. And then it just yeah. takes a dump on everything. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm mostly just right now. I only have enough in my life for the comics and the movies and the television. And then every now and then you see your son. And then every now and again I see my son. I don't really watch any of the TV shows anymore. I just don't. There's not enough time. You know? Uh, one of the things. Something's got to give. And that was TV. You know what's great <laughs> is that in the future we could just beam all these TV shows right into your my brain. brain. I know. So while you're sleeping you're actually watching TV. Maybe I need to start like watching. Listen. I understand that some people listen to podcasts on double speed. To get through their podcast fa- faster. Oh. Wait, Maybe that I, sounds horrible. Why would you? Why would you listen to things? Some people because, do it at because you want to digest. Yeah, yeah, say you want to digest content, not enjoy. Right. Well, that's that sounds terrible. That's, some like, people, that's like vegetables. Why would I want to do, do that? Bra- I hear that some people are like you know I do it at double speed, which is insane. But I guess if you get used to one point five, you're like you know what I don't need to like hear every word then you could obviously go up to two maybe i need to start doing that with the superhero television shows well, it's, so it's the one. idea of like you know oh i need to read this whole library and yep. i mean that's that's basically a grad work okay i need to take down four four or five books this week speed read all i'm looking for is content i don't enjoy do people, it i don't care i don't even know how to for information i don't know how to do that remember speed oh. reading when you well, would use your you hand over the page oh, yeah, you, you yeah. just, people you just go, still do that is that still a thing that people well, are it's, it's the finger ruler yeah, sort of the okay. thing, you know. It's like, and then, and then or, or the other thing is, you read the first and last sentence of a paragraph, mm. and if you don't, if you don't understand the paragraph from that, then um, 
you actually need to read the paragraph or you could be super smart and say, I'm going to read the first and last page of the chapter. And if it, and if you're like, <laughs> if you're like, wait a minute, I read the first page. All right. I sort of get what the chapter should go over. Right. And then you go to the last page and you're like, this is completely different from the first page. I don't understand it. Then you have to read the whole chapter. Are you, are are you saying time, though? Are you saying I wasted all of high school and middle, middle school reading when I could have just done that? Yes. Right. Damn. Because you, are, because you are trying to gather information. You're not trying to enjoy. You're not trying to read. You're not trying to have fun. You're not trying to absorb. You're Stupid trying to just English get class. information. That's it. This so didn't help me at all. Uh, yeah, it looks like the beginning of the series to uh, just kind of closing up shop here on the Super Friends of the Show issue 162. Talking about Krypton on sci-fi. It looks like there is a scene where young Seagal says a tearful goodbye to his uh, his grandfather who is being about to be thrown into the Phantom Zone. Yes, that's how he survives. Interesting. Very cool. So so the House of L yeah. actually has a member in the Phantom Zone. Interesting. The House of God. Very nice. Right? So speaking, yeah. No, 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 exactly. Seriously. No, seriously. Like in Judaism, L, God, House oh. of God. I, that that in literally in Judaism, it means people are saying right? that they try to make unnecessary uh, parallels between no. Superman and Jesus. That's just absurd. It's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. What if I told you that they are making a Power Rangers comic that is a Power Rangers comic and it is more mature and it is a crossover? It is it is inspired by the events of Crisis on Infinite Earths. I would say shut up. They are doing shut it. up and. They uh, they've released a prelude to the big event. It is called Shattered Grid, and it is written by Brian Higgins. And he uh, he's done some stuff. Yeah, he's a good author. I've read some of his work over at DC and Marvel. He's kind of jumped around, maybe more so at DC. And he has been he's been writing. uh, I've been kind of uh, kind of seeing what they've been doing. I've been kind of aware of what they've been doing as far as the 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 more recent Power Ranger comics, where. It looks like they've been doing cool things with it. Um, He, I read, he approaches writing these Power Ranger comics similar to, he knows that the show is a kid's show. But he remembers that at the, when he was a kid, you know, the show felt so epic and so cool. Right. So he's trying to still keep the elements of what makes Power Rangers Power Rangers, but trying to like write it with a certain, with an extra layer of seriousness, which you know, if you go back and watch Power Rangers, it really doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, but I, I see. I, I disagree. I well, maybe. All right. So, from a kid's perspective, it's very serious because yeah. you're taking on like, um, you know the the what's it called the the big goals, right? Mm-hmm. So you're taking on the good versus evil. It's a grandiose, epic scale, and so on and so forth. So for a kid, it it is the legit gravitas. So if if you can. So if you can translate that into the maturity, I mean, you're still taking on the big thing. And, and basically, it's the comic, right? Right. I mean, that's that's all it is. As long as they don't turn into trains, it's that's okay. A, that's as long as they don't turn into trains. Hey, well, we'll hey, see. hey, that's my dream. So essentially, <laughs> murderous trains. Just imagine like a train running over a bunch of putty men. There you go. That's 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 all you <laughs> need. Slow it. That's like um, Snowpiercer just z- zipping right through those putty men and not even stopping. I know that's what makes it great. And, but then you round, then you take those putty and you put it back into a ball and you make my monster grow. Well, so, so that's the first time they run them over. They're like, oh man, we can't do this. Yeah. Then they have to go back and keep her. <laughs> well, they're getting ready to do a big, massive Crisis on Infinite Earths type of style Power Rangers crossover like spring to summer comic book event and like i mentioned it's called shattered grid 
and they're fighting this green ranger from another dimension who has conquered and defeated all the power rangers in his world and now he is going to defeat every power ranger wait in all dimensions across all of time so all the different types of power rangers have to come together using some type of uh power ranger grid i assume and have to stop this one evil green ranger who has really become like a god wait so is is this like how they have this is what i wanted as a kid this sounds awesome wait wait (laughs) wait is this like how they have the um the that new white ranger yes so it is that new white ranger who is i mean they've been planning this for a while yeah they've been planning this for a while i really only just became uh, aware of it because over at emerald city comic-con they had this big press event and i saw an article about and i really read up on it and saw their their hype video it they did the prelude uh last month i want to read it and do you march 28th i believe the next um the first official issue of this big crossover event shattered grid comes out issue number one in the runs of the summer are you saying that you want adam and i yes. to dress up with you yes. as power rangers yes and to just read the comics with stronger you? than before i'm in yeah all right well i think at least we should review the uh the prelude and the first issue of shattered grid when it comes out so maybe we'll do a special end of march show where we've read both and we do a special do you edition. think this is going to jump the shark with its and more, then we'll do with like its a maturity mid- no 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 okay no because i think i think it's like i mean would you, 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 you think have with a, mature, you, you mean maturity with power rangers being like not written for what do you mean maturity oh just like they're gonna get like too gritty oh no at some point no, 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 being, no, no, they're no. very being very careful oh, okay they're just it's not like it's power rangers but like people are being stabbed through the you know through the stomach and there's blood and people are sleeping with other people they're not it's it's still a young adult book it's not it's not lost girls meets power right. rangers but it takes itself a little more seriously um and that's really all i want you know it's not i don't want the the formula where it's just the monster of the week and they're just cheesy characters. There's still an element of that, but it sounds like it's being written by adults for adults. No, that sounds great. I, I wish that every now and then they right. would do like a weird sort of interior art or some sort of design where they have like a traditional um, kaiju artist mm-hmm. from, a, yeah, from, that'd be cool. from like Japan do yeah. something weird. Cause they're, I, if you've ever seen the original art, for the monsters, it's insanely detailed. Oh, There's yeah, like all yeah. these like weird notes. Yeah, they I've never seen it. Okay. Yeah, it's so crazy. Like the original Goldar art is fantastic. It looks hand painted. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds really awesome, and we will uh, will definitely talk more about it as it as it gets closer. And I'm going to read the prelude, and we'll talk more about it at the end of March when the first issue comes out. Yeah, on March I actually 20- may go back and reread the line so far he calls himself lord dracon the combination the evil green ranger who like is sitting on his throne and has defeated all his power rangers and in this hype video which was cool what was cool about this i'm not sure how long this hype video has been around for the green ranger was voiced over all these images of the comics in this video by the voice of the green ranger talking evil didn't know that. Yeah, that's huh. the voice of the Green Ranger. So he, you know, you have real Power Rangers who are involved in this. It's, it's you know, just pretty cool. I'm excited. Real Power Rangers. Real Power Rangers, Adam. <laughs> real Power Rangers. Not like those actors. Actors. Fools. Fools out there. What a bunch of smitties. So this is like a level below. Remember that James Vanderbeek uh internet video thing yeah, that they did? Yeah, the one by Ari something, something, something. Where it was like a more 
gritty, yeah. mature looking well, Power well, Rangers. Well, well, it's not that. Yeah, well, that's what it's I was. A, s- it's a step below that. That's what I was saying. Like, because I don't want it to go no, that that's mature. Because that's, that's yeah, far. that is too far. That's barely Power Rangers when you're going that far. <laughs> that's just James Vanderbeek yeah, on a weekend going just on a bender. Let's dress up as Power Rangers and be so good looking. Right? James Vanderbeek, he is just a jewel. Um, and I'm excited about, um, he makes me think of the actress who plays Jessica Jones because they were in a show together, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Which is amazing. That's right, which, which actually is a very underrated show. It so is. It I might is. check out Jessica Jones season two, which comes out. And then like this week or next week? Uh, this week. This so week. it's, it's week. the eighth. So are you going to go like... Jessica Jones season two episode one and then don't trust the B in apartment twenty three episode yeah uh, season one episode go one back. just go flip flop between oh, those two night. characters late September <laughs> back in something two thousand eighteen um, also um, <laughs> other another small uh, bit of information at the MCU because we like to focus on the bad um, oh yeah the no. good kind of gets no. packaged into you a know very the good small, we need to talk about the bad into a small nugget and we get to it at the very end of the show uh, they have announced like five or six more. Uh, release dates for the MCU for Phase 4. So after Infinity, uh, Avengers 4 comes out in 2019, they've announced movies through 2020, 2022, and so and so on. So they're going to continue this, and um, you have you know people over Marvel over th- with the MCU saying, um, "What's the name of the uh, the the Godfather guy over at uh, the MCU?" I mean, it's it's late in the show. The guy who oversees everything. Kevin, Kevin Feig. Feig. Kevin Feige. Uh, Feige. He said that the way we're going to look back at the MCU is there's going to be everything that happened before uh, Avengers 4 and everything that happens after. So this is going to be a definitive real break point after 2019's Avengers movie. They all gender swap. They all gender swap. So we, but they've started. I'm okay with Ironheart, <laughs> Captain America becoming. We'll see. Mrs. America. Oh, America Chavez. She comes in. Yeah. That way you get so much more market coverage and you get a better hero. And they're like doubling it. down more on Avengers 4 really being the finale. So, But they're still announcing more MCU, MCU movies with yeah. Phase 4. I, I don't still know how don't they're going to have the cake and eat it too with that. Why um, the Black Widow's platinum blonde. Yeah, I know. That's a weird thing that they've. It's a weird. It, like out of everything, I, out of everything, I'm okay with. Except like, why is she and platinum it feels blonde? Very unnatural because even though I know that Scarlett Johansson has blonde hair, it doesn't feel like her real hair. Well, well, it, it's like silver sable hair. Yeah, I guess that's right. It's, but she, is, isn't she like 80 years old? Like mm. in the comics, that's the whole thing. I don't know, Adam. Uh, maybe we never got her origin story in the MCU, so I don't know how old she is. <laughs> And we're not, never going to get not it. Not in the movies. You're yeah. right. Not as far as movies. we don't know, we don't know what her origin story is. Who knows? Is. Who knows? Everyone else has had one. Who maybe, knows? Maybe, maybe she's a Red Sparrow. Maybe she is a oh. Red Sparrow. Jennifer that's, Lawrence. That's there. Um, so, And also, there's the news, of course, which complicates my life even more so, that they have decided, and I think it might have to do with what we talked about in the last show, trying to move things away from the Han Solo Solo film, which oh, comes yeah. out oh, at yeah. the, uh, the, the end of May. And we, talked, we discussed how Avengers 3 is on May the 5th. Well, they've decided to move it back, uh, move it a week earlier, rather, to April the 27th. Yeah. So they moved it out of May, and I think it's partly because guaranteed. of the reason. Yeah, so. I'm guaranteed. I'm pretty sure that Robert Downey Jr. just didn't want to go out for May. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't want to go anywhere, because there was like a tweet. He's like, hey, Marvel, can we move it to April whatever? Yeah. And Marvel's like, sure. 
No, no, that that's a that's a red herring. Was they, that a jokey somebody, thing you did? <laughs> yeah, somebody called him up and was like, "Come on, man, come on, we need we need you to play one last role, one last role before we let you go." God, it's like every it's like every cop film. It's like one last time. The issue though with with moving the film, I understand you're getting away from Han Solo because Disney owns both the right. uh, the Avengers and the Star Wars properties. I understand you you don't want to cannibalize you know your your movies in that in that regard, but you're moving it to April 27th, and I understand that I'm the only like football Look. fan at the table. But do you know what day? Do you know what day April twenty seventh is? Nope. Draft. It pick? is the draft night. Oh wow! It's the NFL draft. Me. That's right. It's the That's NFL like, draft yeah. and my wife's birthday. So now I have the Avengers um, three premiere and the draft and my wife's birthday somehow on the same day. So so you take your wife to Avengers while at the same time listening <laughs> on your headphones <laughs> the draft. Oh yeah. No, no, you sit in oh, the very back. So, so that way you're not disturbing people behind you. Right. See? You perfect. Put, yeah, it's you put on. You put the dim setting all the way down to to dim dim. It's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. Yeah, right? no. There you go. But see, I can't wait to watch um Avengers and then at the drive in because that's what I not like to do. I like to go to the drive-in and watch my double films. So I'm going to watch Han Solo as a second film and Avengers oh, so as the first. Gonna, you're not going to go see Avengers until Han, until Solo's out. It's the best way to make my my bus bang for my buck, baby. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, that's fine. Adam is your heart broken? To, no, your heart have, looks Adam broken. You're going to have to do the heavy lifting as far as I, reviewing I, that, I that movie. I love Redden's idea. I I'm actually going to. I'm actually gonna grab the van and a cooler and go down. <laughs> yes! And go down to the. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, does anybody have a pick? Does anybody out there who can hear me have a pickup truck with a cab that we can all sit in with some blankets and some sleeping bags and we can get some pizza with us and, and we can get some soda and the yeah. redneck jacuzzi. That's right. So on that note, uh, I have been Sean Dwyer <laughs> at SeanDwyer.com is where you can find me on Twitter at New Super Podcast where you can find the podcast. Fine. You can, if you just Google Super Friends Super Show, you can find us on Spreaker. I don't even know why I'm telling you. Where to, I've already told you <laughs> how to Google. You can, it all shows up. iTunes. <laughs> just, just open up the Google. Just open up the Google. I don't need to keep saying all the things you no, I assume you're, you've gotten this far in the show. You've figured out how to find us. I don't know why, how I'm telling you how to find my house when you're already at my house. It's That's how I feel. That's when I'm at the end of the show. <laughs> as far as you can find us on the thing that you found us on. It's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Destroy. And <laughs> oh, no. His Brennan. face is melting. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Sand Sugar. Uh, I will soon be posting, for those of you who want to buy large collections of comics, mm-hmm. my collection of comics, because I need more space. Uh, you can go ahead and ask me what you need, and I can tell you I don't have that, because I'm going to de- tell you exactly what I have, and that's it. And how did you get to my house, if I have to tell you how to get to my house? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty much making it. I'm forcing it. Adam Patterson. Hey there, pal. Adam Patterson. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you weren't even telling like a like a social media handle. You're just repeating back your name. <laughs> Matt Damon. That's right. Don't wire it out. Uh, Instagram. I don't even care. Don't. It doesn't matter. Don't even look. For just me. don't. Just 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 eat the red. Give pill. me a week. Get Adam. Give it. Get him. Adam a week off this week. <laughs> Stalking him. Just have the red pill and don't yes. eat candy from strangers. That's right. And fall asleep you, if you're in Buffalo. You can, you can take it. Just don't eat it. I wish I could find a pill that would just knock me out until May the fifth, because I'm so tired of this winter. 
It felt like it was ending. I can help you with that off air. Just there's no point of of being awake (laughs) for these next two months. (laughs) It's where we are. You know, if you chloroform yourself once a day for just keep on doing it. Just keep on taking forget me nows from rest of development. And I guess that's supposed to come out this year, uh, Rest of yeah. Development Season 5. five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard anything new recently, Neither have I. so now I'm a little worried. You know, whatever. These guys are all busy. And <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor... They're all busy doing nothing. It, Jeffrey Tambor isn't a scandal. What? He is? Yeah, what? I guess so. What did he do? Um, he did he touch somebody? <laughs> I, I don't know. He did something. We'll look it up after the show. That's homework for you, the listener. <laughs> um, so we'll see you again next time. Super Run Super Show. Same super channel. Same... Super hot range. Don't touch it, or you're gonna burn yourself, Daddy. That's how I end all these shows. Uh, I didn't. If, for, if this is the first time you're listening, trust that that's exactly that's my go-to line, my catchphrase. So it's not weird. It's just what I say. <laughs> you're, you're gonna get the tattoo on your arm now. <laughs> please, please keep sending. Please keep. That's sending. right. So, uh, th- th- final thoughts, gentlemen. Watch Jessica Jones when it comes out this weekend. Adam. I like pizza. (laughs) I'll take it.